Shalom, shalom, and welcome back to another exciting episode of our continuing shiurim in Rabbi Nachman's magnum opus, Lekutim Moharan. Today we begin a new Torah teaching, Torah 7. This teaching in our Sefer is marked Lashon Rabbeinu Zichron Livracha, which means, as we have noted before, that this teaching comes either directly from the manuscripts of Rabbi Nachman or was dictated from Rabbi Nachman to Reb Nassin, his chief disciple, and noted word for word. As has been the custom of many other Torahs in Lakutim Moharan, the Rebbe will begin with a Pasuk, with a verse from Shemos. The verse reads as follows, And these are the laws that you must place before them. Now on that verse, our Rabbis teach, That man and woman are equated when it comes to Torah law. This Gemara is addressing the Lifnei Hem. Why does it end in plural? Why does it need to say before them? As is written in the Mechilta. The Mechilta is an explanation of scriptural exegesis, which is the academic way of saying commentary on the Torah. And there it says, That it might be, it could be, that students will learn, but they're not going to be able to understand. Talmud Lomar, Asher Tasim Lifnehem. So therefore, the verse teaches us that we must place them before them. What does that mean according to the Mechilta? That we should spread them out, meaning the words of Torah, like a set table before them. This is beautiful imagery. You can imagine a royal table with all of the fineries that the king and queen enjoy. Filling a beautiful table. It's all set out before you. You can picture seeing that huge turkey leg, beautiful fruits and piles of delicious ribs. Imagining this royal table is not challenging, and that is exactly how, according to the Mechilta, this verse teaches us to set up the laws of our Holy Torah for our people. Parenthetically, it should not be lost on anyone that one of the primary books of Jewish law that was penned in the 1500s by Rabbi Yosef Karo is entitled the Shulchan Aruch, the Set Table. So those are the primary sources, and now we're going to pause. Rabbi Nachman's going to give a particular teaching that's going to eventually circle back and help us explain what exactly is that verse saying on a deeper level, what's known as the Panemius HaTorah, the inner level, the inner essence of the Torah. Here we go, diving back in. Duh, that you should know. That the essence of exile... The Gullus, the exile, is not a good place to be. It's where the Jewish people are not where we're thriving in Yerushalayim. It's not where the Jewish people are set up regarding our monarchy or our government. It's the opposite of the redemptive state that we hope and pray for every day. So this lowly state of Gullus, of exile, writes Rabbi Nachman, is primarily there because of a lack of faith. Now he brings a pasuk, a verse from Shir Shirim, to prove that point. Kemoshikasav, like it says in Shir Shirim Dalid, Tavoi Tashuri Miroish Amana, meaning come and gaze from the peak of Amana. Looking at the word Emuna and Amana, you can see the clear play on words. The Talmud Yerushalmi tells us that the mountain of Amana is the location that upon returning from the exile back to Eretz Israel, the Jews will come and sing Shira. We will be so excited when we reach the Mount Amana. It represents the Geula. It represents our redemption. The word Emuna and Amana. Amana is our redemption. Emuna is necessary to reach that redemptive state. 
Ve'emunah hu bechinas tefila, and faith. This is the concept of prayer. Moshe Kasev, like the pasuk says in Shemos Yud Zayin, ve'yehi yadav emuna, and his hands were faith. V'targumo, and the Aramaic translation says. Prisan Bitzlai. Anklos translates that as his hands were spread out in prayer, equating prayer with hands. So creating this beautiful string of ideas, this chain, we started with the idea of exile, gullus, and that led to the need for emuna, faith. Faith is prayer, and prayer are hands. Continuing to build this beautiful tapestry, and this is the concept of miracles that are above nature. Because prayer is above nature. Right? The first step is to recognize that if you're praying, there is a level of emuna. there's a belief. If not, what am I doing? I'm just saying words. If I'm praying and I believe that my prayers have any sort of power, if I believe someone is listening, that there is a Hashem, that's called emuna. So prayer definitionally requires emuna. Next is that prayer changes nature. There's a natural order. One thing will lead to the next thing will lead to the next thing. And our prayers can disrupt that natural order, causing what Rabbi Nachman here calls a nace, a miracle. Because nature obligates something in a certain way. There are laws of nature, and we recognize those. Anyone who says that religion and nature and science have nothing to do with each other and they're totally at odds has, as far as I'm concerned, never really spent a lot of time learning about religion. There is a natural order and we recognize that and things function within the realms of their natural state. However, but prayer changes the nature. And this is called a miracle. And for this, meaning for this to happen, for your prayers to have the power to change nature, one must have faith. What does that mean to have faith? That there is a belief that there is a machadesh, there is a renewer of the world, meaning the Almighty, a powerful force that constantly renews the world, and it's according to His hand or His will that those acts of renewal happen. An important note that we say every day in our davening, Tefillah Shachris, is that Hashem is machadesh b'chol yom tamed masabereshis, meaning that Hashem renews the world on a regular basis. Tamed means always. There's a constant renewal that comes from Hashem, really from the from the power of Maaseh Bereshus, from the creation of the world. This alone is such a beautiful and powerful concept. On one hand, let's say I'm having a challenging day. Things are not going my way. Things are frustrating. Things are challenging. Things are seemingly terrible. To know that every moment is a new moment. I can tap into the renewal of Hashem every single moment. Now this is a new moment, this is a new moment, meaning everything that came before is now wiped clean. There's a fresh slate where I can be machadesh myself. I can renew myself, I can renew my hope, I can renew my faith, or I can renew my levels of joy in this world. That ability to be machadesh, we will see in other Torahs as well, is a godly trait, and we have the ability to do it every day. If I'm not happy, I can be machadesh and bring a new sense of joy to myself. If I'm not hopeful, I can be machadesh and bring a, a new fresh sense of hope to myself and to the world. This concept of hischadshus, of renewal, is so, so powerful. 
But in the hopes of one day finishing this particular Torah teaching, we're going to continue. Here we go. The Iker Emuna, and the main point of faith, this word Ikar, Iker, is important to note. It comes up very often in the Kutemoran. It means the main or the primary point. It does not mean the only point or the only way. It's not hyperbolic exclusivity. When it says Iker, it means there are other ways also, but this is the most powerful or primary. So when it says the Iker Emuna, the primary essence of faith, Bechinas Tefillah, which is the concept of prayer, Bechinas Nisim, which is the concept of miracles, Eino Ela Be'eretz Yisrael, is only found in the land of Israel. Kamosha Kasev, he brings a proof text from Tehillim Lamed Zion, Shechan Aretz Ure Emuna, to dwell in the land and cultivate Emuna, faith. The obvious next step would be to note the litany of miracles that have happened in the land of Israel from biblical times all the way through today, literally today. For the list, check out Google. We're going to continue. This list is quite impressive. Continuing in the Kutemoran, Vasham Iker Aliyos Hatfila, and there is the essence of the elevation of prayer. Why do we say that? What's the proof text? Kamoshikasiv, like it says in the Pasik in the verse in Bereshi, Vizeshara Shamayim. This is the gate to the heavens. The context of this verse is from Yaakov's dream, the famous Jacob's Ladder, which our tradition teaches is the site of the Holy of Holies. This particular site is where Jews all around the world actively face. I'm sending this out to you from Los Angeles, California. We face east. All of America faces east. If you happen to be on the other side of the world, you would face west, always facing towards Eretz Yisrael. If you're south of Israel, you would then face north. Once you're in Israel, the Gemara and Masechus Brochos that we recently completed in Dafyomi explains, once you're in the land of Israel, then you turn your body toward Yerushalayim. And if you're in Yerushalayim, in Jerusalem, then you turn your body toward the Makom HaMikdash, the place where the Beis HaMikdash once was and, please God, will be again soon. And as you get closer, you go turning towards the Holy of Holies, the Kadash Kadashim, the holiest place on earth, which is referred to as the Shar HaShemayim, the gates to the heavens. In brief review, we have started to connect the ideas of Geula, of redemption and Gullus and exile with a lack of faith, the need for faith to reach our Geula, our redemption, and that comes through prayer. Prayer is connected to Nisim, to miracles. Miracles are connected to the land of Israel. We're going to continue this beautiful path next time, wishing everyone a beautiful day.